If you happen to be with us last week, you'll know that we started a new series called Body Parts. I used this little game of operation to kind of, just in a humorous way, to introduce some things to us last week. And uh, we're, <clears throat> we're talking about um, the metaphor used in the Bible, the metaphor that's most used in the Bible to talk about the body of Christ, to talk about the church is the human body. Paul, on various occasions in the New Testament, uses this, this idea, I think because we all have one right in front of us, so it's, uh, we don't have to be looking out there for it someplace. We all have a body right here in our, uh, you know, ourselves, and we're talking about how God uh, has arranged that's the word that Paul uses. He has arranged the parts of the body just so. In fact, here's the verse. The verse is 1 Corinthians 12, 18, and it says this. But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. God has arranged each part of the body in the body just as he wanted. Now, I want to start this morning by where we kind of left off last week. Uh, we talked about some different parts of the body. But we need to understand that each part in our body, whether it's our hand, our eyes, our ears, our feet, our knees, our, 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 our liver, our pancreas, our stomach, all of those parts are connected to a system. God didn't just randomly make parts and somehow we're this collection of uh, parts and pieces. He made systems. And each part is a part of a particular System. Now, system can be defined as a set of things, I'm reading to you now, a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to explain all this to you in just a second. The human body is not just a collection of random parts but rather an amazing arrangement of parts that are connected with systems in the body that work to benefit our whole body. You got that? The reason that's important is because you could say to yourself, I know I'm a part of the body of Christ. But you would see yourself as just a random part in the body of Christ. But what, I'm, what I want to try to show you over the number of weeks we talk about this is that you are not a random part. You are a part of a system that God has set in place to benefit the whole. It's, that's important for you to get. I believe in talking about it or seeing it in that way, that is exactly the reason God used the metaphor of the human body to talk about his church. 
He's wanting us to see how the body functions and see ourselves as part of those functioning systems within the body. Now, when you and I look at life, we, we tend to look at it in 2D, two-dimensional. We look at situations, we look at people, we look at, uh, okay, let me, let, 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 let's say it this way. You know how, you know what an x-ray is, right? An x-ray? An x-ray, if you go in and you have an x-ray, they are looking at your potential problem in 2D. But then you may, they may say to you, you need to get an MRI or you need to get a CAT scan. Those uh, procedures or those, not procedures, those images, thank you, are three-dimensional. You got it? So they can see what they're trying to look at, not just as a flat picture, but they're able to see it in three dimensions. So I have this slide here for you. A lot of times people will look at life as just like a flat thing or a situation in life is like a flat thing. But I have discovered that all of the things I come up against or deal with are not flat. They're three-dimensional. There's multi-facets, if you will, to the thing that we're working with. All right? If you're trying to solve a problem, for example, if you haven't already discovered it, they are sometimes difficult to resolve or to solve because they're not flat. They're not easy to, to fix because there are other aspects. Now, the reason I'm telling you that is, is because when it comes to the part that we play, the system that we are in as the body of Christ, it is three-dimensional. Here's what I mean. The first dimension in any of the things that we talk about here is how that applies to me how that relates to me as an individual person. But that's not the only dimension that we have to look at. It's also, how does that apply to the local church, to the body of Christ as it pertains to the local church that I connect with, right? But that doesn't stop there. The third dimension is, how does that relate to the larger or greater body of Christ that I'm a part of? You do know that the body of Christ is worldwide, right? We've got these folks, they're leaving tomorrow morning, they're going to fly for 14, 15 hours, and they're going to land all the way on the other side of the ocean, and as they get off the plane at the airport, they're going to be greeted by some people from the family of God. They're going to be greeted by some people from the body of Christ who are going to take them then and they're going to do their work over, you know, uh, a, a couple week period. The body of Christ is a big body, right? It's a really, it's a worldwide body. But 
you, but for our purposes, I'll, I'll keep talking about that, but I want you to see it as these people that you're seated next to are also a part of the body of Christ in a local church place, right? But you yourself are also a part of the body of Christ. You got it? I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture for you because it's three there's three dimensions to it. It's not just, yes, I know, I believe in Jesus, I'm a part of the body of Christ. Okay, that's one dimension, but the, there's, there's other, other aspects uh, to it as well. Now, in the human body, there is general agreement that there are 12 systems at work. Right now, as you sit there, as I stand here, there are 12 systems that are at work in your body. They're working right now, right now. You may not feel it, you may not be aware of it, but there are 12 things going on in your body right now. I wanna talk about, I just wanna hit, hit all of them very quickly and then we're gonna focus in on one particular system. All right, so number one, there is the muscular system. You, if you're here and you're alive, you, you're alive, you've got some muscles at work in your body right now. Uh, Candy just reached out, tapped her neighbor on the shoulder. At that moment, one of those systems was at work in her body, moving her muscles. Some of you, <clears throat> you wonder why I shake. Uh, I shake because I've got a nervous system that's telling my muscles to move when it, they shouldn't be moving. That's what's happening right there. So he said, why do you quiver like you do? That's because there's something up uh, with two systems in my body that make my muscles want to move when they don't need to be moving. Okay, number two, I mentioned this last week, the excretory system. Everybody knows what that is, right? I don't have to go into detail about that. Uh, by, by definition, this is a system that regularly cleans your body and removes unnecessary elements, right? You got it? There's a respiratory system. Everybody knows what that is, right? There's these parts in our body that take in oxygen that delivers, you know, uh, it, it, you know, we do the carbon out, the carbon dioxide out, oxygen in, and that flows to our cells over and so on. We've got the digestive system, right? Some of you, some of you right now are hearing your digestion system. And I'll try to keep this uh, as short as possible so that you can, you can feed that system, right? So there's the digestive system. There's the endocrine system, right? I think I pronounced it right. Endocrine, Tom, I'm, I'm going to the biologist on this, but I got it right. Endocrine system, that is your, uh, a collection of glands that secrete hormones into your circulatory system uh, so they can carry it towards a target organ, right? So right now, whether you knew it or not, your endocrine, uh, uh, whatever that system is, it's at work in your body. How about reproductive system, right? You've got that system there happening, uh, both male and female going on. Here's another one, integumentary. Yeah, your in, integumentary, your skin, your hair, your hair, your nails, your, your, a bunch of things like that. Uh, 
uh, uh, we'll get to it. Uh, you have your circulatory system. This is your, your vessels, your blood vessels, your heart, and it's pumping and, and, and making stuff happen uh, in your body. It's working right now for you, right where you're at right now. That system is in play. Uh, your nervous system, I already touched on that. Your sensory system. That's how you are perceiving, uh, you know, that which is going, your taste, your touch, your hearing, your, your smelling, your, all those kinds of things that help you uh, interact with the world around you. So I just named off to you 11 of the 12 uh, systems that are at play or at work in your body. Uh, the 12th one is the one that I want to start with today. It's called your skeletal system. Skeletal. These would in involve your bones, your marrow, uh, your joints, your teeth, your ligaments, and cartilage. It's, it's, it's called, uh, by definition, your internal framework for your body. Your internal framework. It provides support, movement, protection, as well as in the middle of your bones, right now, marrow is being produced that's very, very uh, important for you, all right? Now, just some interesting, I'm starting here, I'm starting at the skeletal system because I see it as the foundational part of who we are. It's, it's kind of like everything else is kind of built on that, if you will. Now, here's some interesting facts about your uh, skeletal system. By the way, as you're driving around the area, I think it's because we're, I hope it's because we're headed towards Halloween, but have you noticed all the skeletons there are out around? I thought, how prophetic is that? I'm talking about skeletons today, and there's, they're all over the place. People got them out in their yards. I saw a skeleton holding a skeleton yesterday. It's on Liberty Street someplace. There it was. A I said, it's not just a skeleton. There's a skeleton holding another skeleton, right? So people, I don't understand it, but they're fascinated, apparently, at this time of the year by skeletons. Did you know that you were born, you were born, your skeleton, when you were born, was made up of 300 bones? 300 of them. Did you know that? Did you know you only have a little over 200 now? Yeah, because as a baby, some of the bones that uh, can be counted as individual bones become fused together and become uh, one larger bone as we grow older. So now as an adult, uh, you have about 260 bones that make up your skeleton. Did you know that over half of your bones are found just in your hands and your feet? Yep, just your hands and your feet have over half, contain over half of your bones. The strongest bones in your body are your femurs. Anybody know where your femur is? Yeah. Jody knows where hers is. She had both of hers broke, right? So uh, your femur is this big bone between your knee and uh, your hip. That's the strongest bone in your body. Uh, the only bone not connected uh, does anybody know this? The, the only bone that's not connected to any other bone in your body. You got it. Your hyobone. Do you know what that bone does? 
It keeps your tongue in place. That's a really big job, by the way. <laughs> that bone has a really, really big job trying to keep our tongue in place, you know? Sometimes I, I, I think to myself, and I've met some other people, I think that bone's broke. That bone, that bone, that bone's not working, right? So the smallest bone, I'll go back to our bone expert over here. Do you know what the smallest bone in your body is? It's in your inner ear, it's called the stapes bone. S-T-A-P-E-S, stapes bone. It's the smallest bone in our, uh, in, in our body, and as she said, it's in our inner ear. Uh, did you know that bones, by God's design, were made to heal themselves? Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. God did that. And I mentioned this just a moment ago, that inside your bones, there is what's being produced. So there's a, there's a, a, a it's called marrow. Marrow is being produced inside your bone at this rate. Did you know that every second, your bone marrow manufactures, every second, 2 million blood cells? Red blood cells. Right now. Right now. Millions of red blood cells are being produced by your bone marrow. God arranged this this way. Again, I said to you last week, and I'll say it again. When somebody tries to tell me that something blew up at some point, and a little amoeba somewhere in a pond started to evolve. And so I'm like, are you nuts? What? What are you saying? That all of this incredible, fearfully and wonderfully made stuff could only be contributed, and we could only point to somebody that has a bigger brain than we do. We could never figure this stuff out. We could never design it to work the way that it does. It's absolutely amazing. Now, by the way, the word skeleton is never ever mentioned in the Bible. You won't see Paul using it to describe the human body, but it's not missing in the Bible. It's just said by a different name. In the Bible, it's called your frame. Your frame. Your skeleton. Your frame. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're getting it. In uh, Psalm 139... David wrote and said, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. My frame. When Habakkuk was uh, having a, uh, an encounter with the judgment of God, this is what he wrote. He said, I listened and my stomach churned. The, the sound made my lips quiver and my frame went limp. As if my bones were suddenly decaying. And I shook as I tried to walk. When we think of our skeleton or our frame or our bones, as I said a moment ago, it speaks to me concerning that which is structural 
That which is, there's an order to it, right? There, even if you, as you see a skeleton, there is, you know, there's a, uh, this bone's connected to that bone and there's an order to things. It's not, it's not something random, but a structure to it and a, uh, a particular foundationalness to it. When a house is being built, it says uh, the first thing that you do is you frame it up, right? Those boards that you can no longer see because of the outer siding and the inner wall covering, but there is a framework to a house that actually holds the house up, right? As your frame holds you up and together. When we speak of, uh, when we speak of a car, we talk about how at the very base of a car, we have a frame. And then as you, if you've ever seen a car being built, a, there's a frame that comes in one end of the plant. And as that frame goes through uh, on its caravan or whatever they call the thing there it's going through on, and the parts and the pieces are put on, it goes out the door a whole car, but it starts out as just a frame. A lot of times when somebody comes up with a brilliant idea, it, that idea is said to be built on the framework of a concept. So this idea of frame is, is something, it's kind of where everything starts, right? It's where you, it's that which you build upon. So you're probably thinking to yourself right now, what in the world does this have to do with the body of Christ? Well, thank you for asking, I'll tell you. You remember when I said just a few, few moments ago that this, this, the things we're talking about here, the parts that get described are three-dimensional. This idea of our lives uh, and this, this notion of our frames or our skeleton that first applies to us personally. And here's how I see it. <clears throat> As an individual part of the church, I need to have a solid frame. Not just physically, although that's helpful, but more importantly, I need to have a solid frame Spiritually, if as a part of the body of Christ, if I'm going to fulfill my reason for being, if I'm going to fulfill God's purpose for my life, I have to first start with having a solid frame. Spiritually. I must know, uh, a, a week or so ago, John and Lori uh, stood up here to introduce their class to any young person here in our church that would come out to it, right? And, and what they said last week was, I think it was last week you were up here, right? They said, we see our class as a class to help young people build a strong spiritual foundation. That is so important. That's the framework. It's the framework for, for knowing what I believe and why I believe that. <clears throat> In Acts 17, 28, it says to us there, In Christ we live and move and have our being. 
Go ahead and get that. Okay, thanks. In Christ, we live, we move, and we have our being. In Christ is the framework from which we build everything else. In Christ is where it all starts. That's the foundation. Now, I find myself concerned at times, and I don't know if you find yourself in this place, but I find myself concerned at times that people do not have the structural framework they need for a solid faith. It seems to me like at the slightest pressure brought to bear on the person, they either blow up or crumble. And I think to myself, that's because there's no frame. I'm not saying they don't believe in Jesus. I'm not saying they don't have a heart towards God. But they haven't built the necessary framework as an, as a, as an individual to survive the, uh, the pressure that life brings to bear on all of us. Just in case you don't know, all of us deal with pressure, right? Somebody said to me the other day, like it was, like it was, uh, like they were telling me, you know, I am so busy, you know? I, they're just saying, my life is so busy. And I, I'm thinking they're looking at me at that point saying like, dude, you only work one day a week, you don't have anything to do, right? We're all busy. We all got things going on. We all got families. We all got family issues going on. We all got bodies that don't work the way we wish they worked, right? We all got this stuff going on. And what we're looking to do as, part, as a part of the body of Christ is build the necessary framework in our lives that as we contend against the things in life, we don't wilt and crumble. We need a frame. As an individual, I need a frame to hold together. Your frame's holding you together right now. If you didn't have a skeleton, you'd be laying there like a puddle on a floor. you you got to have a frame to stay together. That's how it works, right? I find myself concerned that, uh, that sometimes uh, the, the necessary frame that should be there in a person's life seems to be a little... A little weak, right? Jesus said something very interesting. He said, a wise man or woman digs down deep and lays a strong foundation. Remember what that story, remember the story? The story was, wasn't the three little pigs. It was the story about the wise and the foolish builder. And the, and the wise builder faced the storms. The foolish builder faced the storms. But the wise builder, the difference was the wise builder dug down deep and for our purposes this morning, laid a good frame, laid a good foundation, did the necessary work to make sure that he, uh, that, 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 that 
house or that person was structurally sound. Right? So you have to, you have to ask yourself, well, what, the, what is that? What, uh, what is that framework? Uh, well, I have some thoughts for you this morning. Paul, in giving some advice to his understudy, Timothy, in the New Testament, told him repeatedly to give himself to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Now, you don't hear me up here talking. You could go to some churches, and that's all they emphasize is sound doctrine. You got to believe this certain thing, and so on and so on. And I, I, maybe I've been guilty of not saying it enough over all these years, but I'm saying it this morning. You and I must have, as it relates to our, our structural firmness as believers, we must, uh, we must build a framework of sound doctrine in our life. Okay, let me, let me separate that now. Sound means, it literally means in the Greek, healthy. Healthy. Doctrine, here, here we go. Here's what I wrote. Doctrine is about, it's literally what the definition I found. Ready? A systematic framework of truth concerning the gospel. Paul says to Timothy, listen, you need to pay attention to this, you need to uh, check on this, you need to do this, you need to do that, but give yourself, above all, give yourself to sound doctrine. Healthy, to a healthy, systematic framework of understanding what you believe and why you believe it. You know, a lot of people, they say, well, I love Jesus, I'm following God with my life, so on and so on, and then somebody hits them with a hard question. It's like that witch on the Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. Her bones just disappeared. No framework. No framework to be able to answer a question. Right? We must... Listen, if we're going to play the part in the body of Christ that God has called us to, we must have, all the parts have systems at work. They're connected with these systems, right? We must have a framework. We must have an understanding of why we believe, what we believe, and why we believe it. That's me, individually. You got it? You have to have that individually. I can't give it to you. I can help you, but you have to go after that. You have to look to build the bones of your faith. Now, the second, remember, I said this is three-dimensional. So you're looking at it individually. I need a, 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 a sound, healthy, skeletal framework for my faith, right? But, <clears throat> listen to this. I'm one, I want you to look at it now in terms of my part or role to play in the local church body of Christ. 
you must see yourself as an integral part of the whole. I'm going to say it again. A couple people got it. You must see yourself as an integral part of the whole. Integral, by the way, means necessary or important. Now, I know they say there's a few parts in our body that we really don't need. But if you, if, if, if you and I know you could, somebody could continue to live a full life missing a finger. I, there's people that we've known over the years who are missing some fingers or whatever. But if you ask them if they would prefer having that finger, they would say yes, right? You can't just start saying, well, uh, I don't, I, you know, they don't need me. I don't need to be a part of that. I, that's, that's like saying, I don't need the foot, or I don't need my hand, or I don't need, you know, my arm, or whatever. I, I, okay, can we, can we get by? Yes, but it would be much better if we had it, right? I'm necessary, I important. Sometimes you'll hear people referred to as a pillar of the church. A pillar of the church. A pillar is part of the framework of a building, right? And so we metaphorically say, oh, that person's like a pillar in the church. I want to say to each and every one of you that are here today, because sometimes we refer to that uh, talking about a few select people. You know, oh, they're a real pillar in the church, like everybody else is not necessary, right? I'm saying to us this morning, each and every one of you are a two-by-four, and we need you as part of the structural stability of this local body. So if you say to yourself, well, you know, I don't really need to be there, I don't need to be a part, so, so that's not true. That's not true. That's part of what Paul was trying to say when he was talking about the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The ear can't say, you know, he was trying to say all the parts of, a, of the human body are important just as the parts of a local body, church, are equally as important. Each of you including myself, each of us should, should want to be, should want to have said of us, they're a real pillar of the church. And I'm going to say that again because you missed it. You should, should want to say of yourself and, and have other people say of you, they're a real pillar in the church. You should live your life in such a way as it relates to the local church that you see yourself as indispensable, necessary, integral. Not like, oh, they don't really need me. No, we do. We need all of us to make it work like it should. When God sets you in a particular place, you are part of the skeleton, the framework of that place. Lord, I don't, 
think they're quite getting it. But I'm going to keep saying what you gave me right here on this paper. I'm just going to keep saying it. Of course, most local churches have a framework upon which they build. And, and a lot of times people will refer to that framework as the Constitution, the bylaws, the statement of faith, mission statements, mottos, etc., so forth and so on, right? It's, an, it's a systematic, organized way of saying what we, what we believe and why we believe it, right? But can I just tell you, you can have all the paperwork in the world, but if you don't have the flesh and blood behind that paperwork, that paperwork don't mean nothing. People are the church. It has always been that way. That's how Paul saw it. That's how Jeff sees it. It's how it is. I, I, I don't know. I, that's just how it is. The church is people, and as people, we should see ourselves as essential to the structural stability of the body of Christ. You are not some random part over here like, oh, yeah, well, like, I believe in Jesus. I'm a, I think God exists over and so on. No, you're supposed to be a part of a body. Moving and flowing and playing a role in what that body is doing. All right. I love, I absolutely love, and I don't think anybody would disagree with me one iota here this morning. I believe that, I believe that Paul was a pillar of the church. I believe that Peter was a pillar of the church. I believe that John was a pillar of the church. James, and you could get down the list of the people you learned about in Sunday school class. But I love, I absolutely love the 16th chapter of Romans. I love chapter 16 of Romans. Do you know why I like it? Because Paul begins to talk about people you never heard of before. You can't even pronounce their names. They're so foreign. And he talks about them in terms of them being indispensable in his ministry, and in the life of the church. He saw them as pillars in the body of Christ. We never hear about them. Unless you read Romans 16, you'll never hear a sermon about them. They're just, I'll give you some of the names. I can't pronounce half of them, but I'll give you a couple. Here it is, Romans 16, right here. I love it. Of course, you may have heard of a couple first two. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila. You heard of them? Okay. Uh, okay, so then he goes down and he says, My dear friend Epen, Epentas. Epen, remember what I just said? Okay. Greet Adronicus and Junius and uh, Amphiletus and Urbanus and Stykes. And Apelles. Have you ever heard any of these people? You never heard a sermon on any of them, right? You didn't hear about them in Sunday school class growing up. But Paul knew about them. And he said about these guys, you, you, I, I want you to know that I see you as an integral part of the body of Christ. You are part of the framework. You are part of, of what God is, how God's holding this body together and moving it forward. 
You are important. And I want you guys to know that today too. Thankfully, your names are a little easier to pronounce. Now, now we looked at it individually, and we're going to do this each week. We're going to look at how this whole skeleton system applies to me individually. You got to be you need to make sure that you're structurally sound in your faith. You will only be as effective in helping the body of Christ, local church, greater body, as you are structurally sound as a person. Got to have that, right? All right? We don't want you wilting. We don't want you blowing up or wilting, right? You're firm. You're just unmovable. Not unflexible, unmovable as it relates to your faith. So I don't even know where I'm at. Okay, third dimension. So we're looking at this thing three-dimensionally. We've got the individual, we've got the local body of Christ, and we've got the church-at-large body of Christ. This is what I wrote about that. The at-large body of Christ will only be as structurally strong as the local church is structurally strong. The local church will only be as structurally strong as the individuals in that local church are structurally strong. The church at large is made up of people from every tribe and tongue on God's green earth. I said that in the very beginning. The best way that we... Right here, right now, in little old Arcade, New York, the best way we can contribute to the overall health and well-being of the larger body of Christ is by being intentional about taking responsibility for my own health, spiritual health, spiritual frame, and being committed to the structural health and well-being of a local body of believers where I live. That's what I wrote right here. The greater church at large will be as healthy, vibrant, and effective as the local church and the individuals in that local. There, there's no mysterious thing out there uh, happening that isn't about, like, like this, uh, when you guys leave and go on the other side of the globe, you, they're going to meet up with some other people doing the same thing we're doing right here to reach the world for Jesus. And as that all takes place around God's globe, it will only happen in an effective, the most effective way is when we are paying attention to what God is doing in me personally and what God is using me to do locally where he has placed me. Now, in closing, I just want to say a big thank you to God for my bones. Like I said, you would be nothing but a puddle right now if it weren't for your bones. Thank God for my bones. In Him, I live and move and have my being. He arranged it that way. He thought up the skeleton. You know, Him and the Trinity got together one day, the Trinity got together one day, and, and what's this going to look like? Well, we're going to start with some bones. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. God has arranged these systems of our body 
just like he wanted them. We could not function without the system of our frame. I pray that after today, you will see yourself in a new light, both in terms of what you may need to do as an individual to make sure that your, your spiritual frame is up to, up to par. You know, they say about our bones, our natural bones, they say there's certain things that you can eat or take that will help your bones be healthy, right? Supplements and uh, uh, I don't know what else, whatever, whatever else. But as people grow older, they sometimes prescribe things for them because they're not getting the necessary supplements in their diet to make sure they have strong bones. I am imploring you today to make sure that you're doing what you need to do as an individual to make sure that you have a rock-solid frame, spiritual frame, about you. You may ask, well, pastor, what would you recommend? You might want to read this a little bit. Just grab this off the shelf, <laughs> blow the dust off it, blow the, the just slap the dust off it a little bit, part the pages a little bit. That'll help the, the little calcium right there you're going to get for your bones right there. You may need, you may, you may say, you may want to grab another good book somebody else recommended that will help you better understand what it is you believe. Grab that book, start, blow the dust off of that. <laughs> Start reading it. Start reading the book. Interact with some other people. If you have a question, I just had a conversation with Bonnie this morning. She came into church and said, I have a question to ask you. Will you have a minute? So we stood right here in the hallway and we talked about a spiritual matter. And in my discussion with her, I shared some principles, some ideas with her. And my hope is, is that that will go to help her build a stronger framework for what it is she believes and why she believes it, right? It's interaction with other believers. It's giving myself to God's word, other things that people have controlled to the body of Christ so that I can make sure that I'm building a strong frame which God can use to move me around and do his bidding, right? In him, I live and I move and have my being. That's how that thing works. You have to give yourself to this stuff. It doesn't happen. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't go, oh, I have a solid frame now. I've got a solid frame. That's not how this thing works. You give yourself to things. And you, you get grounded. You get, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm on and on here. I could go on and on about this thing. Anyways, so, so as, I get, as I get developed, you know, I, I do want to say this. I do want to say this. Uh, you know, we went to Elam, Right? Went to Elam and Elam, you come out of Elam and you got, you got books that you've read, right? And, uh, and, you know, you take those books and you put them there on your shelf. And, 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 and they did a wonderful job laying a nice foundation in my life. But can I just tell you, I haven't stopped learning. I have never stopped learning. I, you can't, you got to give yourself this stuff. Otherwise, your bones dry up. They got, you remember in the Old Testament, there were dry bones? You need dry bones, those don't work well. You need fresh things God's doing in your life. Fresh understanding, fresh 
I've changed. I've changed over the years. I thought something about one thing, and as God showed me some more things, it's like my bones got developed, right? All of a sudden, I think differently than I once did because he's, he's shown me things, right? And you can have the same thing happen with you. He shows you stuff, and you go, oh, oh, that's cool. Boy, that helps me better understand why this is connected to this and this, so forth and so on. You, you develop, you continue to develop a song, solid framework. Obviously, you want to say something because you're sitting in my seat. Okay, I'm almost done, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay, I'll give it to you. I want to close with this. You play a necessary part in God's plan to work with and through the body of Christ to bring God's presence to bear to the world that you live in. And the first place you need to start, and I need to start, is by making sure I've got a solid, rock-solid foundation in my life. Otherwise, you're going to get out there and this big puff of wind's going to come along. <laughs> over you go. We don't, we don't we need any more people flopping. We've, we've had flops all over the place. And then people say, and, and some of the flops make it in the news. Just this last week, there was a flopper in the news, right? Somebody, boom, over they go. Tipped over, Humpty Dumpty, off the wall they go. They ha- we have to have a firm frame that isn't moved by the slightest puff of wind. Okay, here we go. What did you want to say? As you were sharing the song, and I cling to the old rugged cross, just that part kept going through and through my head. And I wrote a note, the cross is the focal beam we should attach ourselves to. It can bear all the weight. And I also felt like the Lord wanted me to share that as two by fours, some of us may be visible and others may not be. There are a lot of two by fours behind these walls making up this building. And people in the church are the same thing. Some people do things behind the scenes. They are just as, as important yes, as the people yes, that yes. are visible. So, Thank you, Heidi. I leave you with this verse. I urge you, brothers and sisters in Christ, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, or can I, can I say it another way? To offer your bodies as two by fours. Which is holy and pleasing to God. And your spiritual act of worship. Stand with me as we pray this morning. There are more systems that we need to consider and give ourselves to, but it all starts right here. This is ground zero. This is, this is the foundation on which our lives need to be built. In him, we live and move and have our being. Lord, I pray for every person that is here on this particular Sunday 
Lord, I pray that they would see themselves differently as we go from this place today. They aren't, uh, they aren't just a part of your body kind of randomly going through life. You would, you would strategically place us, Lord. You, you strategically placed Jody and I and our family here in this place, in the place called Arcade, in a place called Pioneer Christian Fellowship to help provide some of the support that needs to happen here in this place. And we have been blessed that you have brought a number of other two-by-fours alongside us to see this house built on your behalf. Lord, no one is indispensable. And if we were to just start pulling boards out and, you know, well, we don't need this and we don't need that, eventually the thing would collapse. It would collapse. So, Lord, help us to see that our part is important, just like Paul said. And each of us have a role to play in these systems that you have, uh, you have caused the human body uh, to, to work by, Lord. All of us have, you know, I'm not just this part. Just a, they're all interconnected, Lord, and play a vital role in the health and well-being, not only of the human body, but of the body of Christ. So as we wade through this over the weeks ahead, Lord, I pray that you would just heighten our awareness, all of us, Lord, you would heighten our awareness to the, to the immense privilege we have to being a part of your body, your presence in the earth today. It's huge. It's huge. And how important our role is in that. Bless these people, Lord, as as we, part, as we go about our lives, I pray for Holy Spirit blessing on them. I pray that even this week they will, they will work to strengthen their frame, Lord. I, I pray that you will be working with them and them with you, Lord, and they will be thinking God thoughts as the week unfolds. Help them to have success and victory in everything they put their hand to do, Lord, whether it's at their jobs, whether it's in their family, whether it's in their, the marketplaces or carrying on with others. I pray you would give them fabulous, success as they go into this week, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. And don't forget the uh, Simar family, Joshua and Angela Simar, are going to be dedicating their son Christian. If you, if you would like to be a part of that, that'll be starting here in probably uh, 15, 10, 15 minutes. Oh.